0: Can a marriage survive infidelity? We dig deep to explore this thorny question. Join me, Jean-Claude Chalmé, and founder of The Place Retreats, and a featured columnist for The Times, with Amy Cooper and Louise Daniels, on The Place Retreats podcast. Search Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite Android app.
2: Welcome back to your next episode, the podcast aimed at people bursting into their 40s, 50s and beyond with Amy Cooper and me, Louise Daniels. And we're back after our summer break and we're very excited to be back in the studio together for the first time since March, aren't we, Amy? Oh, we really are. It's so nice to actually see
3: you. I've just been like listening to you.
2: (laughs) And we had a few, like, took us a while, didn't it, to get used to recording in different locations so three different locations us and a guest and we kept talking over each other and you know um Absolutely and I think as we were saying (laughs)
3: weren't we before this whole lockdown thing the whole online recording seemed to be like a, a second best mm, and then it and then it transformed into
2: being well the only option yeah. uh, and it actually kept me saying so thank you so for anyone new to the podcast the premise is midlife interests which um you know basically i think just actually just gives us a free reign to discuss anything that's of interest to us because we're in that age group would you say that's a fair assumption yeah
3: and i think also it's sort of like it's funny because when i sort of describe to people this podcast i say Especially the young comedians that I meet, I, I say, "Oh well, it probably wouldn't have been of interest to you because it's just about old life issues." And actually, it's like, "Oh no, no, come on, Amy, let's rebrand midlife. Yeah. That's what we've been doing." And actually,
2: I f- still feel like I'm fucking twenty years old. But you though, are. Hang on, let's. You are much younger than me. Well, anyway. we bookend. We yeah, bookend so. the midlife. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I was forty three last week. I was fifty one last week. So yeah. well, well, on Monday I was fifty one. On yeah, bank holiday Monday. So what um, you got, people is. A <laughs> a double virgo situation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I discovered I share my birthday with Dolly Alderton and Kirsty Allsop as well. Oh well, well so come on, we're in the best
3: of company, aren't we? With
2: that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so uh, it's back to school time and i'd just like to take a moment to acknowledge what a massive deal this this year's back to school is for yeah. you amy and for many many parents all how of old
3: do you because how old are your children so i've got a, a 5 year old and a 9 year old and and they skipped back uh yesterday oh my um my and I, yeah it's sort of like you know like the men that came back from the war <laughs> You know, like like, and, and, and the relationships weren't quite the same. And, and like, <laughs> you know, I've just got I've got a slight mild PTSD. And, and I was in the park this morning, and I've forgotten just how to do sort of like hi, how are you? I go straight to, and I'm not really very. Oh, I, I'm not. You know, like that that nicety and and the the yeah. social the, the the wheels that were oiled by social graces. Mm. I I've, it's a muscle that I've not worked yeah. for a while. So yeah, I, I'm I'm okay, but I'm a bit manic. And then I'll just weep, and yeah. I, it's just what what it's it is what it
2: is. But you know the homeschooling, what you know, I mean that was, I I mean I, I well how how was it? It was not obviously that's not something you ever signed up for, is it? I mean when yeah. you when you decided to have children, uh, you know if if someone that was never on the agenda. Do you know what? I, I
3: have those times where I'm kind of like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like I'm you know, I'm lucky. We've mm. got a garden. I, I'm. It, I, I've got children who are sort of vaguely up for listening to vaguely sort of 30% of what I was saying. (laughs) Uh So looking back, maybe it's a bit like childbirth. When you're actually in it and you're crowning and you're just like, I'm going to die. I mean, the number of times I weeped into the washing machine, but you were the same because you hadn't seen your grown-up children. No, I know. So it yeah. was a thing that, um, a bit like Madonna said in her rose-petal-laden bath. Oh, do you remember? yes, I do, yes. Um, like, we're all in this boat together, people. <laughs> like, it was, yeah, it, no matter what your circumstance, it's all relative. We just went through that shit. Yeah. And, and who knows if is that going to happen again? I don't know. I mean, oh, yeah. Did not. you see my little sketch that I did of the woman who's on a date night with her husband? Oh, I did. And <laughs> <You know, laughs> she's just like, what if they don't go back in September? <laughs> and yeah, thankfully they've gone
2: back. So yeah, I'm, I'm cock-a-hoop. And how are you feeling now? You're you're absolutely fine about them going back. You're not like weeping and missing them and, you know. No, no. Good, no. no. I mean, yeah. i th- have been- Disappointed in you if you yeah. said that you
3: were. I mean, no shame I mean, to no, anybody no, who, yeah.
2: Absolutely. We all feel
3: differently. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're sitting there going, oh, but I was weeping, then you're a dickhead. Like, like, get your life, get your shit together, get your life together. I think we had that little snippet of that time with our angels, mm. and you can cherry pick those memories and think about all the times that they were really sweet and their little smiles mm. lit up the day. I saw that somebody put on Facebook, oh, it's been a really difficult four months, but your smile lit up those darkest I thought oh Oh, fuck off like like you know no I I just wanted to bang their heads together on a regular basis but um they're back now they needed it we needed it absolutely um and you know even even the powers that be recognized Mm, that mm, absolutely
2: and I can't I cannot put into words my genuine respect and admiration for all the parents with children who you were of that age where they needed support for with homeschool homeschooling um because my I've got three that've left home my youngest is 15 he didn't need any help at all It's great he just cracked on with it um but you know and also all the teachers that you know made that happen as yeah. well because i you know i know that there must have been a lot of work you know going on for them i do um, hope that that is the thing of sort of resetting sort of teachers
3: health, healthcare workers like resetting the, the, like the massive respect and, and like and we need that like we need those people it's not like a you know a... a, a wax lyrical on my Instagram stories about the conversations that I'm having with my grandmother who's 84. (laughs) And she's like, well... uh, if you want to be a nurse or you want to be a teacher, it's a vocation. You shouldn't get paid the same as someone who works in the city. And I'm just like, oh, but that's a whole other podcast yeah. about, um, you know, like like <laughs> dealing with the octogenarians.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, here we are, I, yes. you know, beginning of September, back to school. And I always get that sort of uh, fresh start feeling at the beginning of sem- September. And I think it's just ingrained from years and years and years of that annual, you know, back to school thing. Oh, yeah.
3: My, oh, look what I'm doing. Oh, do you know my she's just, she's, Her buttons come undone. She's flashing me a beautiful, my <laughs> beautiful bra. Um, so yeah, I mean, we could get. So, this is a sponsorship angle, I think. You know, fig leaves. Governmental
2: um, like, <laughs> vision there. Um, so uh, yeah. So I always get that sort of fresh start uh, thing at the beginning of September. um, And it's a time of sort of potential and and, and hope. And it's a time when I think, oh, I'm going to do all the things that I thought that I tried to do in January. You know, like people have New Year's resolutions, but I feel even more up for it, you know, um, in September. But this September in particular, because I have to say, I'm... You know bitterly disappointed in my um post lockdown self um and I know we're all supposed to be body positive and all of that stuff, and you know but i'm I'm not uh, you know when 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 lockdown was announced, I actually thought to myself right i'm going to Um, I'm going to emerge from this like a butterfly. I just thought I'm going to use this time, not just physically, I was going to get physically fit and I was going to, you know, eat more healthily and all of that sort of thing. But also I thought I'm going to read more. I'm going to be a bit more informed because I'm someone, I've always got an opinion and it's not always like the most... um, informed opinion Um, and I just thought oh, I'll be a totally different person at the at the end of it but I actually spent most of lockdown sort of well grazing in my kitchen you know so just sort of constantly eating I don't think I've even let myself get peckish in the last (laughs) five months grazing staring into space um and achieving very little really you know I mean I've I've, the only thing I've achieved is a gunt if I'm honest but you know so you know um that's, yeah. that's been a labour of
3: love back then. Yeah, it really I mean, has, yeah. Um, I, would, I would hazard a guess that you've probably read three to four novels no. on Twitter. Oh, yes. Like, like all the collective <laughs> shit that you've consumed and put out yeah, on yeah. Twitter. I, I reckon that
2: you've... Um, I did up my Twitter game at one point, but that's a... Oh, God, it's a vicious place to go. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I mean... It's you know, not the nice calm waters of Instagram, is oh, it? it's not the nice it? calm waters of Instagram, no, it's no. no. But shark well, you infested. Know, yeah, absolutely. Um, but we did keep the podcast podcast going, didn't yeah. we? So, you know, we did that up until right through to end of July, I think it was, um, and with some excellent guests. So if you haven't um, listened before, I do urge you to go back and have a listen uh, to some of some of those, um, yeah. you know, anyone, anyone that's new to the podcast. So the guests that we've got on today, um, I interviewed her yeah. at this- the beginning of August because, well, you were supposed to join me via... Um, you know, whatever it is. Via the internet. (laughs) Yes. So this is is, is sort of triggering because this is the time that I went to France and
3: I had the receptionist of the hotel in a headlock saying, please make the internet work. You know, this podcast is the only thing that is sort of like keeping me going. Anyway, uh, it didn't happen. So yeah, I I wasn't involved in it, but
2: but you had a great chat. It was great. So it was with Aniki Somerville. um, And if you don't follow her on Instagram, um, you absolutely must. She does like the best Instagram stories I think she's got a particular style uh, you need to just go on and have a look um, yeah. I I love them she's one of those you know when you just go oh great she's put something new up on her stories and I will take the time to sit back and, and, and look at those um so, she, um, her novel Motherwhelmed fictionalised her own experience of balancing uh, parenthood with work and life. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also co authored um, More Orgasms Please uh, Why Female Pleasure Matters, which was born out of the podcast that she co founded uh, called The Hotbed Collective yes. podcast, which I think is coming back. Yeah. Um, uh, and. You know, which feels like it's a bit like a sort of um, um, a middle-aged or very grown-up sort of sex education podcast. Yeah. And... She's now 47 um, and has two small children, and she started a new podcast called "How to Be a Boss at Aging um, and she's also writing a book um, about midlife, which isn't out yet, but uh, so I, I don't know a, a title for that. but her podcast, she's got great guests on her podcast. she's you know, really worth um, seeking mm. that out uh, as well. So that's aniki Somerville coming up in just a moment
4: That was a really good introduction there. It made me feel, I think sometimes we all have kind of off days where we think, oh, you know, I'm not really doing very well. And, and it's quite nice yeah. sometimes to just have somebody lining up the positive things that you've managed to all do. All the stuff
2: that you've achieved. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So can you tell us about the new podcast and the book? Uh, but you, I, I don't know the title of the book yet. You haven't you haven't finished it well you, no
4: so. I mean basically what happened was I sort of found that while I was working on the Hotbed uh, podcast and, and certainly after writing the the novel which was I mean it was loosely based on my own experiences but it was fiction mm. I sort of thought mm. Do you know what I feel like I've got a lot to sort of contribute in terms of thinking about growing older you know it's just something that I'm always mm. thinking about and I had lots of experiences such as I mean I became a mum when I was 40 and then I had my second daughter when I was 46 Um, Mm. And so I was also a kind of older mother and I was kind of I looked out and I sort of thought, actually, I I don't know if there's a lot of content that's really speaking to me. So, I mean, it's interesting at the moment. There's quite a lot of um, stuff around menopause, which is coming out, which is Mm. which is great. I'm not quite there at the menopause yet, you know, so. No. um, And equally, the other thing I sort of noticed was there seemed to be a lot of kind of much older kind of women who are being profiled. So, you know, if you look on the cover Mm. of, I don't know, maybe Good Housekeeping or something, you might see um, I mean, Dame Judi Dench is the typical example, you know, Helen Mirren um, you know, even people like Oprah who are are absolutely wonderful Um, but again, I'm not quite in my 70s yet either Um, and, and then when I read magazine profiles of celebrities who were you know, female celebrities who were kind of in their 40s and early 50s, I felt that there was always this same sort of course coming out which was essentially you know i'm really happy about being older you know i feel much more confident you know i'm i know who i am and there was a, lot, a real positive story there which you know a part of me was like well that's quite nice but then there was nothing really spoken about in terms of the i suppose just the underlying challenges um which mm. are quite significant really and I, I think in particular what what inspired me was this kind of idea that we keep having our foot on the accelerator. And actually, even when we're in our 40s and into our 50s, um, there's not kind of a role in terms of or a path in terms of how do we age? And in some ways, people would say, oh, that's good. That's really liberating. But I also felt a sense like I needed to have a bit of perspective and to slow down a bit. Because essentially, I was just feeling tired and overwhelmed all the time. Um, yeah. And I was sort of thinking, actually, why is this? And I was thinking, because you're 47. And so you can't yes. <laughs> carry on in the same way that you did when you were 27. Um, and actually, people don't seem to be talking so much about the sort of overwhelm that can happen when you get into your 40s, when you've got perhaps a combination of not, don't know what I'm doing with my career, don't feel that relevant, maybe have young children or you've got teenagers. Um, I'm, I'm looking at everything and I'm thinking, is this the way I want to live my life? You know. Do I want to sort of live in the, in the city anymore? Do I want to um, commute every day into London? You know, and you're also mm. keenly aware that actually this is, it oh, sounds really solemn, it's not the last chapter of your life, but it is, yeah. um, certainly you're thinking yeah. this, if I haven't got it sussed by now, then basically I'm a bit, you
2: know, <laughs> <laughs> I know I know you know I'm still waiting to sort of get to that stage where I've just sort of advanced to I just think at some point yeah you know, I'm, 50, well, I'm 51 next month in mm. fact um, and I keep thinking I'll get to a point where I'm sort of a calm wise woman who has sort of progressed out of her fears and anxieties but I just I can't see it ever happening and I'm still yeah still sort of floundering around going oh what do I want to do what you know like time's running out really but (laughs) I know well it's interesting
4: it's part of um, the sort of research into the the book that I was you know I I haven't finished it yet so I'm still sort of working on it at the moment Um, Mm. I spoke to Sally Hughes who's she's quite a a well-known beauty journalist and, and writes for the Guardian and She was sort of saying, you know, and it's true that our definitions of ageing have kind of shifted. And she said, you know, nowadays, I mean, if you think back to maybe our grandmother's generation, by the time you were 50, you you probably had a purple rinse and you were wearing a cardigan. And, you know, there was a certain expectation that life slowed down. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe that wasn't very fulfilling because there was probably lots of women going, you know, I'm quite frustrated um, about this. But then again, there wasn't the expectation that you just had to keep on going and producing mm-hmm. and achieving. Um, so there's, there has to be a bit of a balance. And I think sometimes we're in this transitional phase now where feminism has told us that essentially we can do whatever we want. We can have everything. We can achieve everything. And I think some women are sort of... And this isn't feminism to blame because it's, you know, it's amazing. But it's also given us this sense of, hang on a minute, I don't think I can. I don't think I can do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, maybe I need to just rethink a little bit and prioritise because I'm not sure that this is the route to happiness.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and do you, do you find... I mean, certainly I do. I think I look at like paths that other people are taking, and then and then think, oh, I should be doing that. I, that's what, yeah. So that is, yeah, a real sort of pressure. So, like you say, yeah, just pausing and thinking. Actually, I can, I can do it my own way and slow down a bit. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, so. I think one of
4: the most misleading things, and that's certainly about in- Instagram and social media, mm. is that. I sort of discovered, I, I sort of on the move on the periphery of the influencer world. So, you know, I know quite a lot of influencers mm. and I, I used to go to a lot of events. I used to work with them, um, Molly Gunn, who who runs Selfish yep. Mother, and mm. edited that site. And I kind of, I'd meet these women and I think, my goodness, you know, they have got, you know, everything. They're, they're doing a business, they've got young children, they've got this seemingly enormous house, you know, and what, what is actually going on? And what was interesting was that um, you're not always aware of what's going on behind the scenes. So, like for example, yeah. um, I would go up to them and I'd say, you know, you're you're bloody firing on all cylinders. I mean, they are just on fire. Like everything you touch is so successful. And it yeah. would re- it, often what I would discover was that a they weren't doing as well as I thought they were. Like, they weren't actually earning very much money. They were they were yeah. struggling. They were perhaps having to hold down a day job um, as well, so a kind of nine to five. And so I was only seeing one facet that they were showing yeah. on Instagram. Um, the other side of it was actually, or they were funded by an inheritance or a wealthy husband. Uh, um, uh, yeah. And there was a financial side of it, which I kind of feel we don't talk about very much. No, um, no. When we look at successful women... Um, we often just, you know, we just assume that they've built it all themselves and often they have, but what we don't see is perhaps, um, well, they're allowed to do that because of their financial circumstances and yeah, of course. I think um, there's, there's just a lot of pressure that we apply without knowing the full story.
2: Yeah, and there's that real ec- epidemic of comparison on social media, isn't it? And, and I think and it affects all of us, we're sort of, you know, like you say, look, but that's so, that's interesting to, to sort of think that actually, yeah, that those people are what we what we see, so all of your Instagram content is so relatable. Uh, you know, for I would say women from thirty to fifty, because you've got um, the baby and small children highs and lows, alongside the awareness of entering midlife and the complications that come with that. And and your that relatability um, is very reassuring. I, I just find your. Yeah, your Instagram feed, your stories. I love your stories, which are their own sort of unique style, aren't they? Um, But do you find Instagram reassuring and mainly a positive thing? Or does it make you? Well,
4: it's interesting, actually, because this, I think we've, I've actually got a podcast coming out soon where I talk to a a psychotherapist, Dr. Hilda Burke. Oh, sorry, she's not a doctor, it's just Hilda Burke. But she talks about kind of our our addiction to kind of social media and, and things. And i i don't think my relationship with instagram is very healthy um and and i i kind of know that actually i have two one side of me knows that um i have to be mindful of when i look at it and and for me actually mm. um because i'm a writer um at the moment what i'm quite sensitive to is if i see that other writers are getting book deals um, and celebrating mm. the success of their books and i'll be completely and i think everyone has a different pressure point in terms of what they're trying to achieve And there'll be a little voice inside of me going, that's brilliant. You know, I'm really happy for her. It's excellent news that she's got this book deal. And and that's amazing that it's a number one in the Sunday Times bestseller list. And, you know, and I'll be doing thumbs up emojis. And, you know, this is great Mm. and brilliant. And then there's a little voice inside that's saying, but you're a complete failure, aren't you, really? Because, (laughs) you know, you're not a Sunday Times bestseller. And and, and I think women, Mm. I mean, unfortunately, we're kind of conditioned to be quite competitive with one another from an early age and I think Mm. we have this kind of idea that there's only a limited amount of success to go around for women so that when you see someone succeeding instead of sort of thinking actually that's a good thing because that means there's opportunities for everyone you sort of sometimes you can be conditioned to think oh well that's it then you know that's already all sewn up because they've written a book about that particular thing and and there's no point in me doing it. Um, no
2: point. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I quite often feel like, oh, anything that I, you know, I, I, I would just think, oh, what is the what is the point in me doing it? I mean, I've I, you know, I haven't even got the bloody swipe up facility yet on Instagram. Mm. So really, what is the point? You know. No. Know.
4: And then it's and, and <laughs> so actually, it's it's a, I mean, on the one hand, I've met really brilliant people on Instagram, and I've used it as a networking tool, and that's the positive side. Mm. Um, and then on the negative side, I feel if I'm having a bad day and I look at it, it just confirms my own sense of failure, you know. And, and then actually, I think those are the days where you really need to try and stay away from it.
2: Stay away from it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apart from like your but you, then when you're when you're having a bad day, you you will As I say, your stories are in a in a certain style. I don't know what I don't know how to how to describe it. People just have to go and and find and watch. Um, But I find that really reassuring, and I you know because it 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 is so honest. You're brutally honest in your Instagram stories, and so you know. And I know that you know, like for example, that the last four months has been really really grueling for you, hasn't it? It
4: has, yeah. And I think actually that's an interesting. the way that I sort of deal, I suppose, with life generally is um, telling stories and so whether that is actually mm. writing stories or whether it's creating silly stories through animations or little videos and things, that's that's kind of how I put things into perspective and so actually even if I am going through a difficult time because um, yeah i mean everyone's been in lockdown and then the complicating factor Mm. with me is that i also lost my father right at the beginning of lockdown um it was a it wasn't corona related but that those kind of factors um at the time i i don't know some people would just say oh you're oversharing," but actually when i did talk about my father and losing my father i found that suddenly there was a tidal wave of women who were getting in touch with me and i found it very supportive because actually i didn't know anyone else in terms of friends um, who had lost, well, actually, I did. I had one friend who had lost a father and and she, she, I I just sort of feel that actually losing a parent is quite a significant loss and I needed Mm. needed to hear stories from other women who had gone through the same thing and and actually Instagram in that moment was very supportive.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, because you had yeah. Like you say, lockdown and small children um, at home. You know, worries about work, financial stuff, and 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 your and your dad dying as mm. well. So you know, um, a really. Difficult, a difficult few months in particular, I think, for you. So, yeah, and uh, I think, yeah.
4: I mean, what's interesting is that my dad was a really big um, supporter of my writing to quite a comical mm. level, actually. So he, <laughs> I used to write, when I first became a mum, I wrote quite a lot of stuff about breastfeeding or drinking alcohol as a mum or, you know, lots of mm. content that was probably quite parent-centric. And because I was working with Selfish Mother, a lot of that, you know, I wrote a lot of blogging um, articles about... Yes. Um, you know the pressure to to feed your baby in a certain way, or you know just the mm. kind of some of the comedy moments as well. And my dad read and listened to most of the things I did. So even when I started the Hotbed, which a lot of the content was really quite risque. You know, we talked openly yes. about masturbation. You know, we did live events where we talked about sex toys with groups of women, um, mm. and we were very frank. And often I would be very frank about. Um, I try not to be too frank about my. Personal relationship in that regard, but we we still came out. Mm. And my dad would always um, send me an email, and he'd say, you know, I loved that podcast, I really enjoyed it. Or he would have he would be one of the sp- only people that had commented on a blog post, you know. And he would say, like, <laughs> you know, I think this is a really informative piece of you know <clears throat> writing about breastfeeding. And um, that's would he sign off, Dad? With well, the kids? no, he, he always did it as, <laughs> as he was a doctor, so he did Doctor Stephen Somerville. So he would always, uh, yeah, he would always yeah. sign off with his. But it, 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 yeah. sometimes I found I, – I remember starting a website quite early on, and and I think he – when I looked at the sort of – the comments, I'd, I'd be really excited, where, oh, someone's commented. And then I would see it was my dad that had commented. <laughs> and I would be a little bit embarrassed because, obviously, he wouldn't do it under a pseudonym. So it was very clear that he was a relative, you know. Um, <laughs> but I guess what I'm saying is that ultimately I – I thought and that's that's initially I started to try and write a book about him because he was a very interesting figure and he Mm -hmm. we used to live in South Africa and he worked for the anti-apartheid movement and he had a really interesting life Um, Mm. and I started writing about that and then I kind of thought you know what it's too soon for me to write about this and so instead I started writing about aging instead um mm-hmm. and with a, with a view actually to sort of just thinking about all the challenges i was facing so i've done it i did a podcast and i'll have a chapter about grief because the reality is is that as you get older you are unfortunately more likely to be confronted with losing people that's just yeah. what happens yeah. um yeah and i felt that i had lost people when i was younger but i was so ill prepared um for what grief was like and i was kind of i don't think anyone can prepare you for it to be Honest, mm. but essentially, what I've tried to do is I've always been thinking like, what would, you know, Dad would love it if I was writing this, and he would, mm. he would, he kind of, even though he was a very, very private person and didn't like sharing, I think he kind of, there was a, a an angle where he quite respected the fact that I was, I was sharing my feelings and being very open, um, yeah. and so in a way, and I think that's kind of it with 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 kind of losing someone, is that. If there's any silver lining at all, then sometimes I just have to sort of think, you know, dad would have loved this. You know, he would yeah. have really been he would have laughed at this. He would have thought it was funny. Um, yeah. And that makes it, it doesn't make anything better, but it just it makes things slightly easier.
2: Yeah. And is writing the book, for, um, is that therapeutic for you? Is it, is it useful to sort of, um, I don't know, unpack things and just sort of hold them and look at them consider them you know uh, uh, and sort of sit with with those feelings and things I
4: I really think it is um Mm. and I think I am I mean one of the things for example when I was you know I'm still grieving at the moment but one of the things that I kind of learn I think I actually I interviewed Carrie Lloyd who's got that amazing Mm, podcast Grievecast and one of the things she sort of said to me was that, you know, it, I'm very much a kind of can do person and I love self help books. So basically, I, I kind of, if I have a problem, I'm like, right, there must be an app for that. I'm going to get the app and, <laughs> you know, I'll do the meditation and that'll sort that out. And when dad died, it was a similar thing. It was like, right, okay, there must be a process to this and I'm going to go through the process and then I'll come out the other side. And then actually, what I learned mm. was that there, There not a set process so actually there's some days when you wake up and you're okay and there's other days Mm -hmm. where you really do feel very very low Um, and then there's other days when you're in shock and then there's other days where you feel quite euphoric and so and and unfortunately that doesn't end that continues until you die yourself and that revelation to me was quite significant because i thought this is not And I think ageing is quite similar, actually, is that I was like, what's the solution to ageing? And then I was like, there is advice and there's things that you can do. But ultimately, um, there isn't a solution. It
2: happens. Mm. (laughs) You know, you can't stop it. Yeah, Absolutely. And what about, you know, a really common um, revelation for women in their 40s is the discovery of perimenopause um, and, you know, and for me personally and it would seem this is quite widespread amongst women they you know they they suffer with perimenopausal symptoms for over a year before you know, they've actually come across the word or understand what it is. Are you really clued up about menopause and perimenopause? Do you consider yourself... You're 47, aren't mm. you? Are you? Do you consider yourself perimenopausal at, at, at the moment? Have you recognised any symptoms? Well, I mean, part... And I... You know,
4: I've, I've written about this. Part of the problem, I think, for me is that because I had my, my second daughter really quite late, so mm. I, was, I was 46 when she was born... And so my hormone, my hormones generally feel very um, in flux. So I had a whole period of time after she was born where I was suffering from anxiety. Um, and I was then, I think, diagnosed with postnatal anxiety. So, you know, that was kind of, that wasn't perimenopausal. I went and had a blood test done and my blood, it didn't look as if I was perimenopausal. So at this time, mm. as far as I know, i all the 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 anger and the mood flux and all the other things that every woman i think experiences at different times um, mm. It's it's probably more related to sleep deprivation.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, because the, because the, the, that's why I was sort of asking is because it has occurred to me that you've got so obviously you've got two young children, one's eighteen you know, months, still a baby. Yeah. yeah. Um. So tiredness is com- comes with the territory, and you know some of those typical perimenopausal symptoms like anxiety, impatience, low mood may have. Sort of all morphed into a, an, an exhaustion due to having a young family, plus you know you've you've had you know a bit of a crappy time recently mm. with stuff we've just talked about, you know lockdown and your and your dad dying. So I suppose tr- difficult to to sort of work out that you've you, you, you said it sounds like you have those symptoms but but actually there are other things that could explain mm. them so how do you know i guess well and that i
4: mean that's that's um i mean that in itself is interesting and that's i i sort of feel like a lot of women are very ill prepared for actually we're, we're kind of ill prepared for everything you know we're, we're not <laughs> particularly well prepared for the reality of what motherhood is like and the kind of loss of identity and and i think we're also not quite prepared for what aging you know what what the physical and the mental impact of that is and and perimenopause and menopause they are being talked about more um but sometimes there seems to be quite a lot of focus on physical symptoms which are which are which are bad enough without so much mm. the emotional side of what happens um yeah and i think yeah i mean for me one of the really positive things that i've found i mean i've, I've i'm trying to get more into just questioning myself and how I feel because I used to be incredibly angry um, almost every day I was angry and the anger came out of nowhere. I mean, I'm mean i not an angry person. I'm generally quite calm, um, but I would find myself sort of, I mean, one of my favourite things, which I've stopped doing now, is if I was angry with my partner, I would throw his belongings out of the window. Um, usually just a pair and something quite innocuous, like a pair of socks or but yeah. often he would then come into the bedroom and he'd be like, you know, I've, I can't find my socks anywhere or where's that? book that I was reading and it's because I'd thrown it out the window it was very sort of (laughs) passive aggressive rather than addressing and it might be something quite minor that had set it off like coming downstairs Mm. and discovering that the kitchen was an absolute tip um Mm. that would be enough to spark it off and um and actually now what I've I've tried to do I I do a bit more kind of just take a step back breathe and Mm. whether I do have to use a little app like i use clementine sometimes which is a great app um i'm not sponsored by them or anything but they they <laughs> um you know they just offer these very short little meditations or oh, yeah. um, calm app or whatever or i just yeah. literally go do you know what what is you know what is going on just calm down because i realized i was inflicting a lot of anger on my family and mm. i think it's also i think women Women often feel ashamed about getting angry but I think sometimes you need to ask yourself why am I feeling so angry today you know and, mm. and if it is sleep deprivation mm. then yeah probably need to get yeah. an early night or For me sometimes it's because i you know and i'm much more mindful about the way i drink now because i realized that on the when i was even Mm. just having a couple of glasses of wine in the evening the following day i would be definitely um impatient and and more angry and i'm not being judgy about drinking because people are all very different in terms of what they can tolerate but the older i've become the worse you know the worse kind of hangovers and the more kind of fallout there is and so I guess that's one of the positives of aging is actually you start to recognize, Okay, actually, this doesn't work. You know, this having two glasses of wine doesn't work, so I won't do that. Or, you know, screaming at the top of my voice and throwing my partner's stuff out the window. That doesn't work. Um, Is there another? And you hopefully don't keep repeating the same patterns. Yeah.
2: Yeah okay, um, you know I love that you post about sort of worries and considerations that just enter your head, and then you quite often really delve into them. When you, you know, your posts on Instagram on the squares are quite long. You know, you write. I mean, well, because you're a writer, I guess. So, um, and recently you posted um, about the fact that um, aging means that you're closer to death, and you said that you found that quite liberating mm-hmm. and why in what way well you know what have you felt liberated from or is it so yeah mm. sorry oh.
4: well it's just interesting I'm reading at the moment I'm reading um I think it's I think I pronounced it right Glennon Doyle I think she's written a book yeah. called untamed which I think I came to quite late Um, oh. but I was a lot of her kind of um, writing is about the fact that women sort of live up to certain expectations and they they push down their own needs and their own wants and their own priorities and they often become martyrs and I mean motherhood is often like that you know you you stand next Mm. to any mum and basically you complain about how far down the ladder Mm -hmm. you are at any time you know Mm -hmm. and I think one of the things that happened is that I I found that i it's, it's kind of sharpened up my focus quite a bit. And maybe that's been amplified by the fact that I've lost my dad. I mean, my dad yeah. didn't get to retirement age. He was 71. So he was going to retire mm. this year. And so he worked and worked and worked and worked. And he enjoyed his work, but yeah. he never entered that kind of stage of the luxury retirement, which I don't know if that actually exists anymore. But, you know, the kind yeah. of, you know, taking up a hobby, you know, going for long walks, yeah. going on holiday. He didn't have any of that. Um, And I guess I just started thinking I can't project forward with any certainty anymore. And I think lockdown Mm. has taught us that is that, unfortunately, we can't predict the future. So we better try and start building the lives that we want now, because unfortunately, Mm. you know, we I'm not saying that we could die, but, you know, (laughs) it could happen. And actually that... The other thing that happened, which sounds very morbid, is that I actually realised that I I now had quite a few people that had died that I loved really really dearly, and so I was like, I'm not very scared of death anymore. I'm 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 not scared of mm-hmm. it because there's people that I loved who have gone through it and I've lost them, and so when the time comes, I'm I'll be ready for it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And obviously with young children, yeah. I don't want that to be any time soon. And I'm not making it sound as if I want to have a you know any kind of illness, but. I think there is a sense of you know again with aging accepting accepting that it's 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 going to happen yeah yeah and we don't think we don't face up to it do we in our society at all no
2: Uh, no but i do feel that this you know the 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 lockdown and and, you know coronavirus has made has uh, funnily enough i've had that sort of feeling of like right well if I get it and I die, that that that's so be it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, you know, a, a kind of again a, acceptance because suddenly there was this thing that was, you know, a sort of dangerous and scary and and you know affected people in different ways. And you know, I, yeah, I think I felt that I I had just started to think about it a bit more and and the fact that that might happen, you know. Um, so and that acceptance, I think, is 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 mm. quite a. Yeah, I can see that that would be liberating. Yeah. So, and do, do you think that these realizations and insights that come with age and uh, th- that we've talked about will be beneficial um, uh, as if, with parenting? Do you know, Do you think that they'll make you a different or even better parent than you would have been fifteen years ago?
4: Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I, I it's a, it's a mixed bag. I think being an older. Mm mother or being an older mother of young children and on some levels I think I don't have I don't know it's very difficult because I don't know what it would have been like if I'd been in my 20s um, mm. I, th- I I think in some ways I'm I try and What I don't miss is that I don't want to go out and have a really hectic social life. I don't have so I don't have that kind of like all my kids are really getting on my nerves because I really want to go out and I want to go to the pub. You know, I don't have that so strongly. What I do find frustrating, I suppose, sometimes with motherhood is that I now feel like I'm hitting my stride writing wise and creative wise and trying to do that combined with small children who are still very dependent. Yeah. So it's kind of... That's that's the, fr- the only frustration I have, is that I want them to... They're aware that I do podcasts and they know that I write. Um, but uh, uh, And all writers, I don't really know what the solution is. But, I mean, for me, for example, the time when I get to write is when my youngest has her nap at lunchtime. Mm. But that means that my older one, who's six, usually would go on a, an iPad or would watch TV yeah. for an hour and a half or whenever... And, mm-hmm. and there is guilt with that, you know. There's always guilt. Oh, um, but, yeah. but part of me, and I'm trying to... I'm watching a lot of Queer Eye at the moment, they've got a new series out, and oh. I, it, one of the things I love about them is, you know, I'm sort of also like, this is a good role model for her, because, yeah. OK, she's watching crap on a screen for an hour, but actually she's seeing her mum trying to pursue her dreams. Yes, 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 because of course. Because I think there's nothing worse than a sort of, I, I don't know, well... I think I would I would hope that eventually she'll be able to think oh it was great that mum really tried to do the things that she wanted to do Um, Mm. and so I think yeah that's the only frustration I have I think in terms of being I mean I don't know I I found I've I've been quite an anxious mum the first time Mm. um, and I think that could have been because I'd struggled quite a bit to conceive and so by the time people don't really talk about that but by the time you actually have a baby you're quite fearful. Yeah, the things yeah. that could go wrong, and you you can be overly protective. Um, actually, having a second child, I've been the opposite. I've been much much more laid back um, mm. to the you know to the point where I you know I go to the park and sometimes I see other mums looking at me like oh really what you're, you're letting her climb up the slide on her own because <laughs> they're kind of hovering <laughs> over them you know all the time. Yeah. And I'm sort of much more kind of like, oh, do you know what? You know, she's fine. And, you know, obviously I'm not I'm not letting yeah. her sort of drop from a dangerous height. <laughs> but I'm sort of like, listen, if she stumbles over a couple of times, it means the next time she can actually get up and go mm. down the slide. Um, mm. Yeah. And um, I mean, there's a wonderful, actually, I was just reading it last night, in Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. There's an amazing chapter about parenting and just saying, you know, that unfortunately the pressure that we put on ourselves in terms of being really excellent parents and engaging with our kids 24 7 and it's not yeah. healthy and it, essentially what no. it produces is very needy dependent children um
2: <sighs> yeah I, it's because well, paul and i had children when we were very young and um and i look back and just think i i was a, a terrible mother, because I, <laughs> I, don't, I'm, I, I, I'm not. I wasn't. But uh, compared to now, there is that massive pressure at the moment that you've got to be every, having really quality time with your children all the time. Yeah. and yeah. Which I don't think there was when you know, like twenty. When we had us twenty-five years ago. I was twenty-five when I had my first mm. baby, and you know. Then there wasn't that pressure. And
4: how are they now? Because that's the other question: is that you know they're yeah, perfectly they well-formed be human beings, yeah, aren't they?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. They are. I thought I, I um,
4: really grew up with that. I, I was telling my daughter about it because in the summer holidays, my mum was a, a single parent, and she would send me to my grands for six weeks.
2: Yes, yeah, and yeah, um, I used to be sent f- out, yeah, off to grandparents. And for, <laughs> and for
4: six, so imagine just saying goodbye to them for six weeks. And I was probably about <laughs> six, five or six. And um, and my gran would, I remember that we had one pair of stilts in the garden, that was the main entertainment. And I would run into the house and I'd go, I'm bored, I'm bored, you know, what am I gonna do? I'm so bored. And she'd go, you know, go, get on the stilts. And so I would I would mm. walk with the stilts up the garden and down the garden and up the garden and down the garden. And I'd do that for days and days on end. yeah Because there wasn't, you know, and, and this is the only thing I worry about is that during those very boring periods of time, I would dream and I would use my imagination and I would yes, I would yes. invent this fantasy world where I was married to Simon LeBon or, you know, whatever it was. And I probably wasn't six then. I was probably older. <laughs> um, but the reality is now is that there's kind of this every moment of time has to be filled. And yeah. we are the same. So we are like, I must listen to a podcast I must go on my phone I must go on Instagram and our kids are. I mean you know that's the main we've got seven weeks off now and my fear is is that the pressure is to fill up every moment with something and I'm like it's not healthy so I keep I keep now trying to say you know certainly to my older daughter like just go away and entertain yourself Yes, and, you know because yeah. i would have been left for hours and hours and yeah. i just i don't think it's healthy and i think many of us know in our hearts it's not healthy but we see mm. what other parents
2: are doing and we think we're not good enough yeah well it's back to that comparison thing again isn't it so it's yeah 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 but i think surely you know with uh, you know with age Comes, I, I think you must be a better parent if if you're doing it a bit later than 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 earlier. I, 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 not everybody, but you know. Yeah, I don't know.
4: I think that when you're younger, you 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 may be more fun, and you've probably got yeah. more physical resource.
2: Yes, and yeah, you've got more more, s- more
4: stamina and you know sometimes i do think god if i'd i mean it would have been a disaster because i was you know i had a very messy life when i was younger and but i I sort of sometimes Mm. i do wonder i think there's it's probably i think there's brilliant parents who are in their 20s and there's brilliant parents who are in their 40s i
2: guess uh and each age brings something different. Yeah, there's no there's, yeah probably no perfect time, is there? No,
4: because you could. I mean, I think there is that kind of pressure when you're younger that you want to be out there. And actually, probably the comparison is even worse because when I look at friends who are younger, mm. they're even more consumed by the sort of the, the sort of status thing. You know, the person who's got the better car, the bigger house, oh. the better job, the bigger salary, um, is mm. thinner, prettier. More, uh, you know, funnier, and Mm. certainly one of the things with getting older is I, I really, I care. I'm, I'm starting to care much less about the status angle. Yeah,
2: yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. But my last question is: When is the book out? When is the when is it? Well, I wish
4: I could say because at the moment it's still
2: at pitch. It's still we're still (laughs)
4: pitching it at the moment. So um, I'm hoping. God, I've got my fingers crossed that I will have some good news because as you said mm. I, I feel like like well like many people over this last period it's been quite a dark time and so yeah. um, there's no date yet but I do have a, a fiction book coming out in February um, oh, called The Baby which is um, coming out on um, oh. Collins. so that I mean that, that yeah That's kind of... It's going to be... It's a funny book about a woman who tries to get pregnant and rather than going through fertility treatment, she decides to have a series of one-night stands, so
2: it's... Oh, Oh, excellent. I want to read it already. And that, I must say, that that isn't
4: autobiographical at all.
2: No, OK. <laughs> but I know it'll be very funny. Um, so, you know, in the meantime, people need to check out your podcast, How to Be a Boss at Ageing. Um, it's a fabulous title that but basically explains exactly what it is and it is full of um, Anarchy's insights and humour as she chats with really engaging and inform- informative um, guests. So oh, I'll, I'll put a link to that. Yeah. Um, and, thank you so much um, for coming on the podcast. Um, you know, and if you don't follow Anarchy on Instagram, you really are missing out. So um, I'm going to put her, her details for that in the show notes as, as, as well. Oh, so, brilliant. So I've really much.
4: enjoyed it. It's been great having a
2: chat. So that was Anarchy Somerville. Oh, and was, she's lovely. Yeah, she was a lovely. Really lovely, lovely chat. And, you know, um, all the details for um, everything about her will be um, in the show notes uh, on the, on the podcast. Um, so we've decided we're going to do a little, um, you know, when we can, well when we can be bothered, we've got anything to say, maybe um, <laughs> a, a, a thing about stuff that has interested us this week yeah. or, you know, caught our attention. Um, Aren't you lucky? Basically, what what we've got mm-hmm. here
3: is that you think you've got to the end of the podcast and then we're just going to come back with yeah. a little chat of what's going on and also it is worth saying if you reach out to us if you've got any suggestions Please of what you want to hear or yes. you know even even maybe some we could turn it into an agony ant thing couldn't
2: yeah, we, we? Could. You know, I mean really, we don't know where we're going with this now we're just we <laughs> But built you're on for the confidence ride buckle up go. yeah so um has anything sort of piqued your interest this week amy well it's funny cuz you
3: know we were talking about uh the kids going back to school and so yeah i've got this thing of sort of like oh I can get back to doing all that all that stuff that I was doing you know when I was a full human before and I was like Oh, you know, you go into a room and you think, what have I come in here for? Mm. I can't really remember what it what, no. what that was that I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. I actually watched five episodes of um, Grace and Frankie oh, yeah. on, on yeah. Netflix, yeah. which I know I'm very, very late to the season, uh, to, to the party on that. They're on season 12 yeah. or something. Yeah. But I, 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 oh, I just lolled and just watched it on my laptop. Yeah. And then when the credits came up, I just watched another one. Yeah. Because I
2: could. Oh, absolutely. God, yeah. So that's so, what I'm
3: loving at the moment.
2: I, I had a week to myself um, a week ago, uh, you know, Home Alone, and I watched all three seasons on Netflix of Selling Sunset, which, have you seen that yet? Oh Well, I've heard about this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, everybody's... Um watching it and talking about it. So it's um uh it's set um within the Oppenheim group, which is uh the most successful estate agency in LA. So you've got like that property porn element. So yeah. you get to see inside the houses um that are worth that they're flogging in West Hollywood, um, which are all worth millions. Although by the end of season one I was slightly turning my nose up at them. You know they all look the same quite frankly. Um you know o- although obviously totally out of this world luxury, but yeah. You know. um, so you know, if, if you're feeling a bit shit about like, oh, where, like you a, where
3: you live, what oh, you've got, yeah, yeah, uh, like, yeah. go and watch this. Go and watch it. And yeah. uh, are they all just sort of like soulless people?
2: No. Well, some of them are really, really great. Um, some of the characters, you know, the, the the best bits are the characters of you know the women that are and, and the relationships between them so there are like sort of seven women that work in the office yeah uh, so the these Oppenheim are
3: the re, what they call the realtors what we'd call real yeah yeah realtors yeah, okay. yeah
2: uh, real estate agents yeah they're not estate agents are they mm, you know um, so um, so it's about the characters of those women the relationships between them and on the whole they are pretty awful to each other yeah. so because it's know, commission isn't it is it cutthroat oh good so they're really motivated right. with I mean and that's actually something that's quite. know quite quite good about them is that they're really all those women i mean you know they work really hard and they're very motivated you know know, about money and everything um but they 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 can't stand each other they're forced together you know a lot which makes for fabulous you know histrionics um and you know you'll pretty quickly get the measure of them and be totally invested um and i could sit here and dissect those characters for hours um and actually i wouldn't dismiss that as a an idea for a podcast special <laughs> a selling sunset special that's how that's how much i enjoyed it um but you know many people i know will be a bit lofty about it and to those people i would say just get over yourself and surrender to it because i haven't met anybody yet that hasn't loved it and you don't even have to tell people that you're watching yeah, it. you I mean, know it you could can, be a- but Guilty for, secret, absolutely. It? For God's sake, do not deny yourself. Um, three series on Netflix. Um, and as I say, I, I would encourage you to carve out the time to binge watch all three within a week. It's, this you know. sounds like a little escape hatch, actually, from, from the
3: grim we're about to go into autumn which I love this mm. season actually all the colours changing yeah. and everything yeah. but maybe that, that is something that you just have there maybe get invested in season yeah. one now yeah. while, while the,
2: the nights are still light you're going to be primed then yeah, yeah for... absolutely but I think you'd actually probably just best just watch all three series all at once because because otherwise <laughs> people are going to stop chatting about it it's, it's you know true. like catch up Amy come on so, yeah. <laughs> yeah I want to be involved in these
3: really important yeah. conversations Louise. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, it's great to be back yes it is great to be back and um, yeah we're back every every week now hopefully so yeah yeah,
3: have a good one see you bye bye
2: produced by Louise Daniels
3: visit louise-daniels.com
1: hiya it's Rich Wilson host of the excellent podcast Insane in the Membrane I have a brand new podcast coming your way called Insane in the Fembrane where I sit down with strong confident powerful women and find out what it takes to be a woman. Because uh, I don't really know, to be honest. I had—I thought I did, I thought I had an no idea, but I don't. So our first guest
0: is star of Top Chef and soon to be on Netflix, crazy delicious, it's Carla Hall. Prime example. I go out, I'm like, I'm gonna be a part of this yard thing. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna go out there. Okay, he cuts the grass. So I'm looking at those pine trees. It's like nine of them. I'm looking at those pine trees. I'm like, ah, oh, they're taking over our yard. So I'm gonna go in and cut the base of the trees off, right? And just so it can be really pretty. But before I got to that, I said, I think I'm gonna cut the tips off. I had a rope. I said, Matthew, let's just go off and cut the tip off of one of those trees. They're too tall. He's like, I don't think that's gonna work. I said, you haven't tried. <laughs> I go out with my rope. I did not even get changed into a t-shirt. I have on a regular shirt, because it's yeah, gonna right. <laughs> be easy. I throw that rope up. I'm trying to lasso it to pull it down so we can just snip, snip, and I videotaped it just there was a video camera and i wasn't even thinking about the video running i went back to look at it matthew was standing at this Matthew standing there looking at me like this ain't gonna work but i'm gonna let you do it honey i'm gonna let you do it (laughs) (laughs) and i'm laughing at the video it just captured this exact thing that you're talking about you know i went out to do to step into his role he's like looking at me like that's not gonna work that's not gonna work you know yeah and i'm like I had I had to see it for myself. I was like you're right, but if he had said, "Carl, it's not going to work," and just beat me down, I would have I would have just pushed and pushed and pushed.
1: So that's episode one of Insane in the Fembrain. Go and listen, subscribe, tell your friends.
4: Hold up! What was that?